Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com forward slash that statement. You got a stripper name in mind? A crystal works if that's what you want to go with. But sometimes the real pervy customers, they like to find my girls on Facebook. And the next thing you know, some freak is keeping your body in his freezer. Uh, okay, how about Cherry? Not very original, but good enough. I hate frozen fish. <laughs> Listen, you can go out wearing whatever you have on your clothes, but there's a ton of sexy shit in the closet over there. It's all sanitary. We wash it once a month. Trinity's going up in a few minutes. I, I want you to watch the other girls to see what the guys are into. They all like the idea of a girl dancing for the first time, but they hate it when you don't know what the hell you're doing. You get one free drink a night. You 21? Uh, almost. Yeah, good enough. Most of the guys are good to buy you as many drinks as you want a night. You feel free to get as plastered as you want. Just don't barf in front of the customers, unless they request it, in which case take them out to the parking lot first. Feel free to make out with and grope any of the other girls, as long as it's on stage. If there's one thing I hate, it's two girls fiddling each other back here. Save that shit for the customers. Lap dances are ten bucks. A guy gets fifteen minutes in the dark room for a hundred. I don't care what you do back there, just mop up when you're done. Uh, you bring me half your tips at the end of the night, you get chicken wings for half price. Any questions? Um, no. All right. If you no. think of any, ask the other girls. Have fun. From the Night Shift Crew Studios in the D.C. metro area, this is The Statement Show. The lights are on. This is Jackie Joy, and you are listening to the hottest podcast around, The Statement Show, with Terry James and Zach Gagey. You know what your name is, Dan Drops. I'm here for the statement show. The statement show's here for me. Hi, this is your naughty lifestyle expert, Jenna Sinclair, and you're listening to the statement show. Welcome back to another edition of The Statement Show. I'm Terry James. And I'm Zach Shahey, and we're the podcast that fits a no category. And that's right, we have an interesting, interesting interview today. Mr. Robert Ryan, a.k.a. Corpsey, from the Girls and Corpses magazine. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Ryan. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I thought that was a very classy clip to start with, just showing the kind of classy guy I am. That was a documentary, actually. It wasn't even a movie. That's me working at a strip club. No, it's, it's a movie. It's one of the many low-budget films um, that I get killed in, and I'm, I'm kind of going for a record. I don't know if you know this, but I've been killed in 20 horror films in the last, kind of guess, two, two years now. So um, I, I, I like getting killed, and um, I mean on film, because <laughs> you, know, you can only do it once in real life. What's but, uh, uh, yeah? What's the record? Well, you know, I don't think I'm anywhere near the record because, uh, and I don't know what it is, but there's you know, think of actors that have been around for 40 years in horror movies, and if they're leads in horror movies, they're usually killed. But it's become a thing, and I, I think because. Um, and I know we're going to talk, of course, about my crazy magazine, Girls and Corpses. Mm -hmm. But because of uh, the promotions that we do in the magazine, and I'm connected with all these films. They like having me around, and then they get bored and they kill me. <laughs> so um, then I want. So I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. Why don't I just keep seeing how many movies will kill me? And it's it's been it's been wonderful. I just got back. I was in Atlanta, and I got killed in a movie called Frankenstein Created Bikers. And I flew back to L.A. and I got killed in another movie called You Found Me. So, um, and I'm, I'm, as we speak, looking at other films that uh, uh, may be killing me in the future. 
Wow. Matter of fact, this interview may kill my career. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so you've got a bunch of movies in, in, in post-production right now. I can see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Angels of Darkness, Aliens versus Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting a, the chair. Oh, the yeah, chair I get got... killed in. I get beat to death in the chair. What was fun about <laughs> Aliens versus Titanic is I heard from your little promo. Obviously, you... Uh, no, many of the porn stars I know. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at some of that, but I got Brie Olson into the uh, scene with me, and I, I think you had was that Layla Price you were talking about oh, earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a scene in Aliens versus Titanic. I play the captain of the Titanic, and it's in the future, so it's the Titan One C. So, but I have a beard, and I look like you know a captain, and um, they needed girls for the scene, and I'm like, well, let me see, you know, and I got Brie Olson, uh, who's amazing, and Layla Bella, and. It's uh, New Year's, so they're in the you know the ship in the you know the what do you call that in the front of the ship? Of course, you can tell I'm really a perfect captain. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking. About. Yeah, stop that. So I'm up there anyhow. They're 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 stripping, and the director said to me, "Listen, you know," he goes, "Robert, you're comfortable because you shoot these girls all the time. I'm a little uncomfortable directing this scene. It's going to be a little raunchy. They're going to get naked. I'm like, not a problem. I will direct it." So Bree and Layla came over to me, and I said, "Look." This is VIP room, upstairs, bottle service, crystal champagne. They're like, got it. <laughs> so that was a lap. So I didn't have to tell them too much. As soon as I said, you know, VIP room and crystal, that you know, not crystal meth. This is crystal, crystal <laughs> champagne. That's a whole different lap dance. Okay. And then uh, they started bouncing around on my lap, and the rest will be movie history. So that's coming. I'm the alien. Uh, excuse me. The other one, which is Angel of Darkness, is with Tara Patrick. Mm-hmm. Who I'm having dinner with tonight, actually. Oh wow! Um, and um, I'm not having her for dinner. That's a whole different <laughs> thing. But uh, if you're lucky, Tara, Tara's now been doing horror films, and and we did this wonderful film in Arizona. And uh, it was funny because when I saw the script, there was like a you know heavy duty love. I don't know it's called a love scene. I'm banging Tara Patrick in the movie, so and it's not an adult film. You know, it's it's you know probably R ish. But it was weird because I've been friends with Tara for a long time, and Tara Patrick's one of the most iconic porn stars. And here I am doing a scene where I'm just banging the bejesus out of her in the shed. Hmm. And uh, the tough part of it was um, I, I'm banging her, and you know, I, I kind of unzip my pants so they can see that. And I'm banging her against the wall, and then the director said, you know, it, it looks kind of weird because you know, your pants are still up. Can you lower your pants so we can see, you know, your boxers? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So okay. we did another take, and then the director said, you know, it doesn't look right with the boxers. You're just going to have to drop, you know, we're going to have to see your bare ass. Right. And at that moment, I felt like every girl that had ever been in a TNA movie, and I'm wondering what my ass is going to look like, <laughs> you know, from that angle, because they're shooting up at my ass. I'm like, God, I, you know, I, I wish I had looked at my ass before. Is it hairy? Is there a big fucking pimple on it? <laughs> so I did the scene with her, and it was it was fun, but, you know, it's a little intimidating, you know, banging Ter Patrick. She's, you know, quite a pro. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. it done from I, a comedic kind of uh, angle? Well, my ass was the comedic oh, angle, sure. <laughs> but the, the the movie itself, no, we're we're actually. Uh, I mean, everything I do is a little bit like darkly comedic, but uh, the movie we we are home invasion robbers, and we just beat someone to death and shoot someone else in the head, and um, and of course I eventually get killed. So um, there's a lot of lot of films coming out, you know, and I've also started uh, producing films. 
So now I'm crossing over there, and I exec produced Rob Zombie's movie 31, um, which will be coming out. It's been shot and edited. That's really exciting. And I'm also um, a co-producer on The Chair, and that's a cool movie. And then You Found Me, I'm... Uh, Oh, excuse me. No, I'm co-producing. You found me, and I'm executive producer on the chair. I can't even. My mind is gone. But uh, yeah, so I'm producing now. All right. So who's in the chair? Give us a brief. Uh the chair. Uh who's in the chair? I'm going to have to IMDb myself because I don't even remember who's in the chair. <laughs> That's uh, Roddy, a lot of, a lot of big names. Roddy Piper. Yeah. Roddy, Roddy, yeah. yeah. Now I'll tell you a story about Robbie Rowdy Piper because oh, please do. he. We did also kind of a behind the scenes. I interviewed him and stuff, which was fun. But when I was there, I, I get killed in a, in a prison cell, <laughs> and and Roddy plays one of the guards. So right after I get killed, the guy that killed me goes out into the hall, and the guards are all waiting for him to to beat him up. So as I'm laying there, I'm listening, and Roddy is beating the bejesus out of this poor actor, and he's not holding his punches. He's not. He's got like a nightstick. And he's just going at it, and I'm hearing these whops as he's hitting him. And I'm like, really? I mean, he just doesn't, I guess he, because of his wrestling, he doesn't pull that stuff back. Hmm. And then afterwards, I talked to the actor, who was kind of limping off, but he really, he really goes for it. I mean, yeah, I, I think he's method. I don't think Roddy could go half-assed. There's just no way. He just doesn't look like someone that could go half-assed at all. He just looks like he's yeah. a million miles an hour. I mean, yeah. But- the yeah. one thing I know him the most from is They Live. So, oh, right, uh, right. I mean, yeah, a little bit different and kind of not a long time ago, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, I was really happy that wasn't my, I hope I was happy my scenes weren't with him because it would have been painful. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, yeah, he just wanted it to look real. And the only way he could do that was to actually strike the poor bastard. Mm. And um, that was it. I think he ruined the guy's career, broke both his, no, he didn't do that bad, but <laughs> it was fun. So you, you said that you were executive producer for Rob Zombie's 31. What was yeah. it like? Do you actually work with Rob Zombie personally? Was that? Well, I, I knew Rob Zombie, you know, the first issue, and I, I guess we're kind of going to the end of what I'm doing as opposed to the beginning. Mm-hmm. But Girls and Corpses magazine, just to back up a drop, mm-hmm. for the people that don't know who the hell I am, <laughs> I created, I founded and created and published this magazine. And I, I'm the editor-in-chief of Girls and Corpses magazine. It is a worldwide newsstand magazine. It's also in Germany, translated into German. And it's sold all over the world on newsstands. It's really, really very successful. Mm-hmm. So we went from being an online publication that kind of just totally blew up with tons of press. And then I did 15 issues online. Everybody could get them for free. I just wanted people to pull them into my world. And I'm, I'm getting to the Rob Zombie answer. Mm-hmm. So the person that I really wanted on the first print issue of Girls and Corpses was Sherry Moon Zombie. Okay. And um, Sherry Moon, uh, who's known from The Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, she's very iconic in horror. And at that time, of course, he's, you know, huge. And she's also in 31, by the way, coming up. But so uh, we were able to get to Sherry uh, and, and Rob through his people. And Rob immediately took to the magazine. And uh, we had a corpse that looked like Rob dead, which he had to approve. And we shot at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And Sherry was wearing a pink coat and holding a pink umbrella and in a graveyard, and no one had ever done anything like this, and with, with a corpse, her husband, uh, Rob Zombie, standing there. So 
when we did the shoot, uh, Rob had indicated he wouldn't be there and everything. So we had this great day of shooting, and all of a sudden, Rob comes to the uh, cemetery. And so I got to hang out with Rob Zombie while we're shooting Sherry Moon, and the guy was totally fucking cool. I mean, just really laid back and was very happy about this day that his wife was getting to have because it was kind of her cover. Sure. But he, he helped me from that point on. And I really um, uh, would like to thank publicly Rob as well for helping us launch the magazine because he started getting us other people because they had worked with Rob and they trusted him. So right off the bat, we got Sid Haig. You know who Sid you know Sid Haig from The Devil's Rejects? Uh, is that the bald one? <laughs> He's <laughs> the clown guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who could forget him? <laughs> oh, He's yeah. the bald guy. Yeah. So um, uh, we got him on the cover, and we shot him with Scout Taylor Compton. And then uh, we got uh, Daniel Harris, who uh, Rob Zombie had directed in the Halloween remake. And we also got um, Scout Taylor Compton, who was with Daniel Harris in that movie, the Halloween. So I started developing this relationship, not just because of Rob Zombie, because of all these actors that he works with. Mm-hmm. And then I would see him at events and things like that. So, of course, it's a dream of mine to work with Rob Zombie. This guy is, you know. And so uh, that's how I started getting involved with Rob Zombie. And then this movie 31 came up, and it was such a fantastic idea. Um, and I guess it's been out enough that I can say, cause it's, but I mean, it, it, it kind of has to do with this legend. I don't know if you know this, but it's a true thing that more people disappear on Halloween than any other time in the, of the year. Did you know this? And that's a real thing. It's a real thing. There are more disappearances on that night than uh, any other day of the year. That's sort of the inception. Then without giving away the plot, just think about where do those people go? What happens? Where are those people going to exactly and that's what the movie is so it's really brutal it's really crazy it's back to rob's old style of uh that people loved you know house of a thousand corpses corpses and um the devil's rejects and his other movies are great i happen to love his films i i think he did a great job on halloween he took a lot of heat for it from people who were fans of the movie but uh I, i you know he tried to take on an iconic film, and he. I was going to say, I mean, that is super ballsy to take on Halloween. I mean, that is yeah. wow, you know. Yeah. And I was one of those people that I thought, you know, the minute I started watching this this movie, am I really going to like it? Because I love the Halloweens. Other than Season of the Witch, I love the Halloweens. When I watched it, I thought he did a fantastic job. I love mo. I mean, pretty much all of everything that Rob sure. Rob Zombie does. I think he does a great job. Very underrated. Well, and I think what he did for um, the remake of the Halloween is he gave a genesis. He gave the reason for the mask. You know, here's a guy mm-hmm. running around in a you know this mask. People mm-hmm. don't understand. He just does he think he looks better in it? I mean, no one knows. And he explained what the mask came from. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a great plot point. So, anyhow, I'm I, I'm a huge supporter, and of course, this is a guy that's supported me. So there you go. What pushed so you into the Rob Zombie story? What what pushed you into the horror uh, genre? Because that seems to be where all, a lot of some of your movies are are, are related to, and the magazine. Mm. And what 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 got you into that? Have you been well, always actually, into it? it wasn't horror. It, it was comedy. Okay. I, I'm more of a I'm a comedy writer, and mm-hmm. and but I wrote really dark stuff. So people ask, you know, because the magazine's so crazy. Where did Girls and Corpses? How did it? Where did it come from? Sure. And I, I trace it back to a very uh, deadly injury I had as a boy at 10 years old. I had a massive skull fracture uh, 
and my brain partially came out of my skull. And I was uh, brought to the hospital, and my parents were told that, that that I had died. Basically, it was over. And so they went through that whole thing. But eventually, I did survive, I think, unless this has all been a crazy dream. Uh, and then, um, then I went blind in one eye for uh, a while until I got my vision back. So I had this fascination, I think, with, with death and dark things after that incident. I can't explain it, but it seems like... You know, I don't remember going to the other side. Um, so like no NDE ask, stories. You know, <laughs> okay. I didn't see – there was a Costco over there. That's all I remember. <laughs> and, and, and so Naturally. I don't know if that was heaven or hell. But uh, that was that. was that. And so then, I, you know, I'd been writing dark uh, comedy, and I'd started writing these crazy comic books. Well, first of all, I'd started writing fiction. I wrote and sold fiction to over 100 magazines. At that time, there were these things called magazines. <laughs> <laughs> that no, used to be yeah. around before the internet, and I've heard people of them. would people would buy fiction, you know, in, in magazines. And no one really cared, you know. Most magazines, by the way, you know, go look at a magazine; they're like ninety percent ads. You're right. That's what you're buying—a giant ad. Oh, yeah. And you're flipping through looking for content, and people go very quick. So when uh, but anyway, when I started Girls and Corpses, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't packing it with ridiculous ads unless they're very related to what the subject is. So is but there going a... back? So I have this. Uh, I was writing short fiction. It was really dark, dark and fucked up. And I decided I wanted to do a comic book because I knew a guy that was in the business and had been very successful, Frank Forte of Asylum Press. He had illustrated one of my stories for a magazine. And I went, man, this guy is like right where my sick brain is. So we hooked up. I wrote a comic book called uh, Selected Readings from Satan's Powder Room. And that comic book was sort of like what Satan would want to read on the toilet, you know, <laughs> while he was in the bathroom. So there's actually a picture of Satan in the bathroom reading, actually, the copy of Satan's Three Circus. Oh, excuse me. Of uh, uh, What did I say? Satan's – guy got too many books here. That was um, Selected Readings from Satan's Powder Room. So – He's on the toilet, and there's a girl with kind of wings in hell, and she's sitting on his lap, and he's on the toilet. So uh, that was my first comic. We were at Comic-Con. The comic book sold out. It had been mentioned in uh, Comic Buyer's Guide, along with, like, the best new Batman they were releasing and things like that. So it was quite a story to get it in there, and it sold out. So I went, okay, this is successful. I'll do another comic book. And that second comic book was called Chicken Soup for Satan. <laughs> and that was another anthology, kind of like Tales of the Crypt, but maybe even more fucked up and dark. And that was successful. So I went, let's do another one. And I did Satan Gone Wild, which was in, you know, New Orleans and all these crazy stories. And that was successful. And they got so doing so well that I uh, decided to do a graphic novel, which was Satan's Three Ring Circus of Hell. And that had 43 of the top horror artists in the world. Really tremendous people like Tim Vigil and William Stout and John Cassidy, really famous artists, and uh, they illustrated my stories, and uh, that was my graphic novel. And I also wrote a book um, which has an x-ray of my brain, uh, my head, you know, when I had my accident. It's called My Brain Escapes Me, and that people can still buy on Amazon. But it's, The one that, that that's on the cover, right? That's on the cover. Yeah, I saw that. I was wondering what that was. And what's funny about that is that's like literally one of my favorite covers of yours. <laughs> that's is that is that twisted? That your it's, actual fractured skull? Is... It's kind of graphic. Well, it's, yeah. something, it's, what's it's phenomenal about, though. I love it. Well, what's interesting about that X-ray is that 
when you see through the, the spines back there, and for some reason it looks like kind of like teeth, and it looks like it's this laughing kind of X-ray yeah. of a skull. Yeah. Um, and there I am. And then uh, the book did very well, got tremendous reviews, and sold all over the world. And so, uh, and I write dark fiction for other people. I've been in a lot of anthologies. One won a Bram Stoker Award, which I was very proud about. The book is called Dark Delicacies. And um, the uh, I was in the book with uh, Clive Barker and Ray Bradbury. Wow. And uh, it was very exciting to be Clive with Barker. those guys. Yeah, exactly. What a genius, Clive Barker. Yeah. Wow. That, that oh, hit. yeah. But I, I think that my I, – I like humor with horror. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a great blend. Shaun of the Dead is like my holy grail. Wow. I, yeah, I that, that is that an movie. awesome movie. Yeah. 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 Kind of relate the the whole horror and comedy thing. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Bruce Campbell as well. Mm-hmm. And right. his his movies come across that way. Have you ever thought about doing something with him as kind of a duo? That'd be kind of interesting. You know, I've met Bruce Campbell at events. He he doesn't seem warm and fuzzy. So <laughs> really, I, you know, I don't know if he. I always wonder why do people do events if they really don't want to be there? Exactly. It's like you know. So every time I've gone and tried to talk to him, kind of just reminded me of a story that. When I just started the magazine, um, uh, and what we can get into, I'm also kind of crossover into the adult world. We have no nudity in Girls and Corpses magazine, okay. but I do know a lot of people That's in that it. business, and because it's extreme of, uh, in life, and we cover everything extreme, I cover that world. Anyhow, I was uh, exhibiting at the AVN in Las Vegas, and Larry Flint was there, and there was oh, a line wow. of people. I went, this is great. I want to get a picture with Larry Flint holding yes. up. At that time, it was my calendar, the first thing that came out. I had this calendar. Mm-hmm. So I, I wait through the line. I get up there, and I start to say, you know, Mr. Flint, I, you know, I did this, and I, I would love to get a picture. And the people around him are flipping up, reading the, you know, girls in corpses are like, sir, just back off. We're not interested. And they're being, like, really rude to me, trying to get me out of there. And wow. as they're try- and the bodyguards are trying literally to kick me out of line, just because I gave them a girls in corpses calendar to hold on. Mm-hmm. Larry Flint reaches down, looks at it, holds it up, and lets me take a picture while everybody's yelling at me. <laughs> that picture ran in the first print issue of Girls and Corpses magazine with the American flag behind Larry Flint. <laughs> and uh, that was what we, we ran, you know. And, and since then, I've had many crossovers. I've actually written for Hustler Comics, and mm-hmm. I met with Larry Flint's whole team regarding Girls and Corpses in the early days. But... Um, those are a bunch of bean counters and not people that were visionaries. Right. <laughs> and I think the, the great line that I said to them, because Larry wasn't at the meeting, although I think the whole thing was being taped because they put me in a certain position there. <laughs> but um, uh, after they basic, basically said, you know, well, we don't get this and we're not going to do it. Mind you, they had set up the meeting. I said, you know, if Larry, if, if Hustler had never been created and Larry Flint was coming in saying, I've got this magazine and it's going to show girls with their legs spread. These people would no more have agreed to it. And these are all the people working for him. But they're bean counters. They're not visionaries. They're not people that get get it. So that's why I didn't wind up uh, doing them. The other one was National Lampoon. I went to National Lampoon very early on and said, hey, you want to do it as National Lampoon's Girls and Corpses? And they they didn't have a lot of funny people over there. I just didn't. There are a lot of business people, but, you know, there's a reason that National Lampoon, which is one of the largest brands in the world in terms of comedy and magazines, went down the toilet because there weren't people there that really were funny. I mean, that's what happened, I think. 
I can't remember a good one that they came out with. Maybe there are some. Uh, well, you know, as far as the the Girls and Corpses magazine, just for five seconds, allow me to kiss your ass here for just just five seconds. Please let me let me <laughs> get in the right position. Okay, <laughs> what? It. What you did with the Corpse Bride with Courtney Stodden is fantastic. I loved how you did. That is phenomenal. I, I thought <laughs> that that was, I like her. I don't know why, what it is about her. You know, I'm not generally like one of those blonde fake tit type, you know, girls, but right. for, for whatever reason, something about her and how you did that Corpse Bride, that, that, that was amazing. I love how you did that. And Farrah well, Abraham was good you. too. I mean, I like, I, you know, I, She's she's kind of a whole other thing too. I, I you did hers though before her backdoor Cor- thing. Courtney, right? yeah, Courtney Stodden was first, right? And Courtney had Playboy wanted was going to do something with Courtney. I think they Courtney and her team went to Playboy and they said, "Well, you got to do nudity." And she said, I won't do nudity, and I'll never do porn. And remember this quote as we continue. <laughs> I will never, I'm a religious girl, I will never, ever do porn. You can quote, she's what she's saying. And her mom, <laughs> you know. So what happened was, we wound up being, I guess, second choice to Playboyers. I don't, have, I don't know how that happened, but we wound up talking to her, and we decided to do it for the cover. And since the story of Courtney Stodden, for people who don't know her, she was 15 years old, and she um, started corresponding online to an actor by the name of Doug Hutchison. And Doug was in the movie The Green Mile. He played the bad guy who mm-hmm. uh, didn't put the sponge on the guy's head, so made exactly. him suffer, and he was really the shitty guy and bad guy <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. So, But he was kind of like this guy, and he was teaching acting and things like that. So she l- latched onto him along with her mother. This would be her break. The only problem was, is Doug at that time was, uh, I think he was 52 when, and she was 15. I think when they first met, he was 52. So that's a little bit of an age disparity, and a lot of people have problems with it, including Hollywood, who kind of blackballed uh, Doug on this. But it, it was an interesting story, and it wound up on all sorts of reality things, and Courtney's a fun character. She's very out there and all this, so... I started meeting with them, and I had a couple dinners with Courtney and Doug, and I, I really thought Courtney was adorable. She's a very sweet girl. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of representation issues that I didn't understand, and as I understand, as TMZ is reporting it now, not only has Courtney done a porn movie, but now her mother is being courted to do a porn movie, <laughs> kind of a wow. mess thing. Yeah, so never um, do a porn movie. <laughs> yeah, so and re- that was remember of... how you said that there was this quote for you to remember. Remember, I want you to remember yeah, this quote yeah. from me. I have yeah. not watched the Courtney Stodden sex tape. Okay, I haven't yeah. watched it. Just remember that quote. Okay, because so when it backs up to you talking about the sex tape, I'll let you know how that is. <laughs> well, yeah. The funny thing is, when she was on set, she was flashing us uh, the you know the beaver cleaver down there, man. Nice. She. She, a couple times, you know, was kind of, and we were kind of like, Courtney, you know, you're kind of, and she was just enjoying doing that. And her husband, Doug, were there, and, and the mother. And, you know, the, the story, the story continues there. But the reason we did the corpse bride was, it was because it was this young girl who married this much older guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we shot her, she wasn't obviously 15. We have to be 18 or older. So she was 18, and I think he was, 54 at that time, something like that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they, that gave us worldwide press. It did what we wanted to do. Sure. We're kind of the magazine when people go, oh my God, there's such a fuck up. What are they going to do next? Oh my God, they did Girls and Corpses. Look at this. How could they ruin their, you know? <laughs> so 
uh, right oh. after Courtney, the next issue was, well, who do we go to next? And it's like, Sarah Abraham. Now, Sarah had done uh, this teen mom show, mm-hmm. uh, pregnant at 16, and then teen mom. And teen she mom. was this really kind of, I know, just reviled and loved simultaneously character. So uh, I met with her, and I was trying to decide what to shoot. And, you know, I'm like, where are you from? She goes, oh, I grew up on a farm, and I think it was in Iowa. I'm like, wow, you're a farm girl. She said, yeah. So when we did the issue, uh, we did and, – and by the way, I have to back up to say the name of her porn movie that she did was called Backdoor Teen Mom. Right. Of course, everybody knows that. Backdoor and Teen so Mom. when we did it, because I found out she was from Iowa, I did Barn Door Mom. <laughs> so we did a whole issue of a uh, farming issue uh, about Farah and all of our gags. So, you know – I grew up, you know, speaking in National Lampoon, and I also wrote for their, I've been in their book and things like that. I've done stuff with them, and I wrote for Cracked, and I've written for other, um, you know, heavy metal, things like that. So um, I like that kind of, you know, dark, comedic, spoofy kind of stuff. And Mad Magazine, I grew up on. That was the whole the whole reason probably why I wanted to do a magazine, because of Mad Magazine. Oh, we didn't read Mad Magazine. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so... I mean, I, it's it, it sort of uh that's another holy grail for me i you know i collected all the mads i read them voraciously um i went to new york and i met with uh william gaines in his office he was the guy with the big beard the publisher and um i went back and met with him in his office and at that time mad magazine was the most successful comedy magazine in the world and uh he said well look you know we can't take the stuff that you've submitted because it's so tough, but you really like it. Um, you know, keep at it. So I took the same stuff and I sent it to Crack Magazine. And Crack was like, oh, my God, this is the best stuff we've ever had. You're hired. So I started doing stuff for Cracked, and I always felt like a traitor because I wanted to work with Mad. I, so that's, you know. I think, uh, Mr. Ryan, I have an idea for you. Just just yeah. listen to me out here. You've, you've had Courtney Stodden. You've had Farrah Abraham. Are you ready for the next move? Okay. Bruce Jenner's new Caitlyn Jenner. You oh, need hell to get yeah. Kate- Boom. Well, we already did a spoof. You didn't see it? No. Oh, are well, you we serious? We didn't do it on the magazine. Do you remember Vanity Fair had a Demi Moore cover with her pregnant? I do. I do. If you go to my Facebook, Girls and Corpses Facebook, or you'll see it. But we, we did a spoof. We took... That picture, Demi Moore, and <laughs> we, we photoshopped Bruce Jenner's face. I'm going and to it, it says... Bruce Jenner's Pragers. <laughs> oh my God! I'm looking right at it. <laughs> it's, and we beat, we beat them by we beat them by a day announcing the Caitlyn thing because the <laughs> moment I heard that they were going to put him on the cover of Vanity Fair, I immediately went to the Demi Moore cover, which is one of their most iconic covers, and thought, you know, how great would that be for a cover? You know, Bruce Jenner Pragers on the cover. <laughs> I am staring at it right now. That is classic. Oh my God! Read, read some of the things it says on the side. Uh-huh. Can you read the side text? Oh man, hold on here. Let's oh take a look. Goodness. Uh, Chris that... Jenner transitioning to a man. Chloe Kardashian marries Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> 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 Becoming famous for nothing. <laughs> How the Kardashians <laughs> destroyed the world. Oh my God. I my God. It. God wrote that one. But, um, yeah, so, but it's very Mad Magazine. Well, so yeah, we had this. I mean, it's hard to spoof the real cover of him with Vanity Fair because it's a spoof already. You've got Bruce Jenner. Who is the hero of the Olympics? I mean, right. I remember watching this guy. It was like we're all, re- 
And now he's a. How do you spoof that? Well, everybody, we, we yeah, did. Oh. yeah, because every I think every every guy wanted to be Bruce Jenner. Every woman wanted to be with Bruce Jenner because he was, you know, he was the Olympic champion. He was, you know, good looking dude. You know, now all of a sudden here you are. I'm like, oh my god. The only thing that would have made this, uh, only thing I could think of would be maybe a Wheaties box with a spoof of him on there. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, damn, I thought, I thought I was so far ahead, man. I, I had such a good idea, man. And damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> well, that's what we're fast, man. We got to move with the copy. <laughs> I know. Put, put that cover, you know, or link it up on your site so people can know when they see this. So, you know, we do a lot of that kind of stuff because as I said, that's what I grew up on, that mad magazine. And, and, and that's what we're doing. You have to realize Girls and Corpses magazine is the only horror magazine, maybe ever, that does their own photo shoots. Now, most of the magazines, and, and they're friends of ours, Fangoria advertises with us, and we advertise with them back and forth. Uh, Rumor Magazine, uh, they get like a slide from the studios. They may not even have to ask. I'm sure the studios just send them to them, and then they put text over that photo. What we do is we do a whole shoot, hair, makeup, wardrobe, location. We feed them. We fly people in. Um, I don't know if you saw, like our recent, uh, we did a uh, tribute to the movie Freaks, and we had Michael Berryman on the cover from The Hills Have Eyes, we had Butch Patrick, we had Zombie Boy, we had a real half man, um, you know, we, and we had to fly those people into L.A., one from, uh, Zombie Boy's from Canada, I don't know if you know him, but I'm sure some of your audience does, mm-hmm. he was in 47 Ronin, guy has known for this commercial where they take it's a makeup commercial you got to look them up just look up zombie boy sure, sure. okay unbelievable character so uh you know we just did another i can't announce it just yet but we just did we have five iconic people again on our cover and it's a big deal get you know bringing all these sure. people in and, and doing it's a, it's like a movie shoot so our magazine also is more expensive than any of their magazines to yeah. produce um, but it's a uh, it's a, a labor of love, and I I put the money back into the magazine. And that was exactly what I was going to ask you with 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 the movies, the comics, the, the the graphic novels, the magazine, all that. What is your favorite thing to do? What's what's that one that is your your passion? If if you're going to do one, what is it? Banging hot models. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Well, that wasn't so on move- the list. <laughs> that was, oh, was that one of the on. options? <laughs> uh, well, obviously, you know, you're a mind I'm, reader, I'm, too. I'm going to give you a side story just because, you know, and you'll have to now Google this, too, before I answer that question. Okay. Recently, a, a guy in L.A. said, hey, you know, I love your magazine. He goes, we're doing an event, and I want to see if you wanted to cover it. I go, what is it? Well, it's new to comedy night. I go, what is that? He goes, well, it's what it sounds like. The comedians are naked, and the audience is all naked, and you would be the first person to come and, and cover this. So I talked to my, my video guy, and I said, we're going to go cover this. And so he said, well, you, you know, you can cover it, but you're going to have to be naked. And the girl I brought, who's gin and tonic, uh, she's not a drink. She's an actual girl named gin and tonic. Uh, she came and she was naked for it. So if you go, uh, you, I'll have to send it to you. You want to put that one up too, but it's me. And, her. and even my cameraman who was sitting there and he's filming it and they came to him and they said, listen, if you're going to shoot it, you're going to have to take your clothes off. <laughs> and this guy was, could not believe it. And I had him naked. And, you know, it, it's not exactly at these nude shows, people you want to see naked. It's, you know, they're not all models, but, um, that was my, uh, a recent, because I cover a lot of weird stuff. We, we go on the road. And, and also, by the way, the, uh, Girls and Corpses uh, channel and the Girls and Corpses show is being launched very shortly. 
You seem so like you're asking this. what the favorite thing of me to, to do. Mm-hmm. I, I love working with the magazine. That's where it all generates from. Um, I enjoy, you know, I, I love all of it. I love working with writers, brilliant writers from around the world who get our magazine are very talented. I'll give a shout out to uh, Waylon Wagner and Barbara Wagner, both write for us. Um, and uh, David Tamarin. These are really talented people. Uh, that, that work for us and, and write for us. I have a guy named Necromagical, and they're fascinated. These are people that uh, have a passion for horror movies, but also the subject of death, because as crazy as it sounds, there's a legitimate part of this magazine where we do cover death-related uh, features about autopsies and cremations and... Uh, well, anything have, you can think of, you know. Didn't they have these movies out here where it actually was just a bunch of like clips of people dying in different yeah, manners? Yeah. Faces of death. Yeah, I remember yeah. them. So, you want to hear a story about that? Sure, <laughs> I did. I would love to hear. One. Okay, one of the places we work at is Makeup Effects Lab, uh, and we shoot over there. They're over in North Hollywood, and we we use their stages a lot. And they're great guys. And they go back. Alan Apone is one of their special effects guys. Well. They worked on Faces of Death, and you're like, everybody's like, well, what do you mean they worked on Faces of Death? Those were all people that, you know, real deaths. And the answer is, no, they weren't. They were all faked. Really? And that's the, yes, they were oh, faked. Yeah. Are you and um, wow. when they told me that, I was like, what? So, and just for legal purposes, if someone was, I'm going to say, maybe there were some that weren't faked, but the majority, from my understanding, of those early films were faked. So, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, none of them are real, and then they go, well, you lied. So maybe there's a real one in there. Or you two. know what? You may have actually just made my wife's day. You want to know why? Do you remember – if you remember there was a there was a scene in there where the, the – uh, they were all around a table, and they were, like, beating the shit out of that monkey. Remember? And they were, like uh, – The monkey – the, the monkey mon- head and the hammer are in our magazine. They're pictures oh, really? of it. Oh, so yeah. it's fake. That's, that's not real either. Was not real. Completely oh, not real. I might be and, able to let my wife watch this now. <laughs> Cause I yeah, love not, that stuff. It, it was not real. And what's oh, interesting wow. is, is that, and we love breaking stories like this because they make mm-hmm. us feel like journalists. So <laughs> I go, look, I, I tell them over at Makeup Effects Live, I go, listen guys, you know, if I'm going to run this story, I'm going to need proof. I need pictures. They went, yeah, well, I think we have some slides. So they break out these slides. They're so old. They're literally moldy. I have to go in Photoshop and get, fix the mold on these photos. But there they are doing, setting these things up. And like when there's a scene where the alligator uh, attacks the guy in the water, well, the special effects guys are in there with the dummy. They're floating it around and trying to get in position. They take that stuff. Wow. What's crazy is, is that Faces of Death was too early because now the sad thing, I think, is that kids growing up can go on the Internet and see real death. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. so easy. And you know, that's not really what I'm advocating. We're we're on the side of, I, I guess, you know, if you can say entertainment. I don't think people really being beheaded is entertainment. No. Uh, I think it's sick and disgusting, and they shouldn't be up there. And kids, uh, I think it affects them. I think they stop seeing the difference between reality and horror movies. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, it's disturbing. But now you can see all of it. It's all there. Do you cover anything like The Walking Dead or... Try to get into that as far as maybe getting a set, do an article about it. Um, well, zombies and corpses are a little bit different. Okay. Okay. First of mm-hmm. all, to me, I'm like over the zombie stuff. To be honest <laughs> with you, I, mm-hmm. I just think it's just so much of it 
that you know it's going to reach the saturation kind of like vampires yeah vampires you oh, know yeah. it's so sad that we you know we just have to keep regenerating you know you imagine the pitches at these networks, you know, they go, I have a great idea. What are we, what's your idea for this new series? Let's do a zombie show. Oh, my God, it's brilliant. Because <laughs> immediately they know what it is. Oh, it's people running around and drooling and walking funny. So they'll make a series out of it. You know, they'll keep keep going with it. And, and it's, you know, at this point, come up with something new. So and what's then- my feeling about Walking Dead? Um I, you know, know people that originated that. I think it's really well done. I mean, I think if you had to pick one, it's it's terrific. Right. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know. I you know, zombies uh, are well. In the old days, zombies and corpses were really far apart because you couldn't make someone with holes in their face and you know all the skin off their bodies and just their bones. It would be definitely a corpse. But now it's gotten so sophisticated that zombies are not just guys rolling back their eyes and they put pan- white pancake on their oh, face yeah. and they drag one of their feet. And and that's what the original movies are. Now it's because of CGI, you know, you're seeing people with holes going right through their head and things like that. Yeah. Or, uh, or yeah. now they're running or climbing walls and all the other bullshit that goes, I mean, come on. Well, I'm, know, a f- I'm, a, I'm a fan of 28 days later. Uh, that, yeah. that movie yeah. was awesome. But to me, that wasn't a zombie movie. They were infected with a virus. Right. Much bit different. So I'm a big fan of the original Night of the Living Dead, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just I, I love that movie. And I remember seeing that when I was a kid and that scared the shit out of me. So it didn't yeah. take all these special effects to get me there. It it just it took me there. So. Um, exactly. It's a definitely uh, what I, I wanted to cover real quick. I, I noticed that you were a double for Rod Serling for the Twilight yeah. Tower of Terror. Not, not a double, actually, because a double would be him still being alive. That's true. Yeah. yeah okay. him. And um, person I portrayed there? him. And um, Joe Dante, who's uh, a director who's been around for many years, did films like Small Soldiers and all sorts of He was hired by Disney, Jesus, like 20 years ago now. I don't remember how long ago. But they hired him to direct sort of a new Twilight Zone piece for the ride at Disney Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. This Twilight Zone Tower of Terror ride. At that time, and I was acting, you know, I, I, I kind of resembled Rod Sterling in a certain way. So I had done some fun photos of the photographer where I had the cigarette in the suit and I kind of looked like him. Well, there were two things that came up uh, through, at this time I had an, an agent and they sent me in. One was for a, a uh, industrial for some sort of eye care thing, medical thing. So they had Rod Sterling. Yeah, I was supposed to be Rod Sterling, but the things I was saying were all these medical terms. Huh. It was just was terrible. So then this other one came up, and I auditioned uh, for Joe Dante for the Twilight on Tower Terror Ride, and I got it. And Carol Sterling, uh, Rod's wife, actually had to approve me to play him. <laughs> so we did a little test thing. And uh, I did the Rod thing. So people that went on that ride when it first started, there's a TV set. When the elevator goes down, it opens, and mm-hmm. there's this whole piece of Rod Serling welcoming people back. And I love it. You know, and there's a TV at the beginning. So I was the guy on the TV set. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, uh, first of all, in my agreement, it said for 10 years I couldn't say that I had done it. <laughs> because, really? Yeah, they didn't want anyone to know. They wanted it to just be Rod Serling, and that sort of killed my whole publicity of doing it. <laughs> but ten years later, uh, the Disney 
magazine people started calling me up and uh, did some interviews. And I had some great pictures from set uh, where I played Rod. So uh, that's that's how I did it. Now, there's an interesting side story is, is that my dad, by the way, was a comedy writer. So I kind of grew up with the funny parents. And uh, we used to go down. There was a place in Palm Springs that we would go like for a week and have a vacation. And Rod Serling would be down there with his family. And we got to know them. I know I'm dating myself at this point, but I, I played, played football with Rod Serling. We play catch and stuff like that. A very nice guy, but I got to meet him. And, uh, he told my parents, if they ever do the Sandy Koufax story, you know, little Robert or Bobby should play him, meaning me. Mm-hmm. He thought I looked like Sandy Koufax. Well, how weird is it that all these years later, I went to play him. You to play him, right. So tower, tower, Man, is that right? ironic or what? <laughs> is that weird? So, um, yeah, and I remember, uh, before I did the ride, after Rod had died, my mom knew Carol, and we went over to, uh, Rod's, uh, where he was living, and I remember looking into his office, and there was his typewriter, and there was all these sc- old scripts that had never been published in a stack, and I-, I think either I or my mom, we were like, well, where are all those? She goes, I don't know, we'll probably just throw them out, it's a bunch of old stuff. I can only imagine what maybe, you know, went into the dumpster because this would probably have been before they started the marathon. Wow. It's something else. I was a big fan of that show. And when I saw that picture, it's, it's very eerie. You look, you're a dead ringer. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you, you you're a dead ringer. I am a dead ringer. And you know, one more, one more interesting story about Mm -hmm. uh, Carol. Uh, Years later, I went over to her, her house because I was helping someone get rights to Requiem for a Heavyweight to do it at a theater in Los Angeles. And I met with her, and we're talking at her condo at this point. And I'm like, I'm thinking, God, you know, it's it's a nice condo. It's in the Palisades, but it's not like a mansion. It was just like a one-bedroom small condo. So I was like, hey, you know, how did you do really well from the Twilight Zone? She goes, no. She goes, we didn't make anything for the Twilight Zone. I'm like, what are you talking about? It was a buyout. Because when they did it, he might have gotten, I don't know, if he got 50 grand out of it, I would be shocked. Oh, wow. He got very little money. It was a buyout at the beginning. It was a, you know, maybe at the time that was a big deal, but you can imagine if they had had, there were no residual rights, no rerun rights, nothing. Oh, no. I mean, because he did the night gallery soon after that. That's why he? he did it. Okay. That's why he did it because he needed to do something to generate cash. And a lot of people, you know, I mean, can you imagine with the Twilight that thing would be paying forever? But they don't. I, I don't even think it's right that the studios and the people that produced it don't send her money. I don't know. I know they made a great deal, but that kind of sucks. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I mean, I remember The Outer Limits. I remember The Twilight Zone. I remember all those different shows that were kind of in the same type of, you know, genre. But yeah. nothing ever quite did it like the original Twilight no. Zone. I know they tried to rehash yeah. it, and they used his likeness in the beginning, and but it was not the same thing. I mean, he wasn't in the beginning. He wasn't doing it. It just wasn't The Twilight Zone to me. So, but. Well, you remember well, Requiem for a Heavyweight, which was – really launched Rod Serling, and it was a live teleplay. I'm trying to remember, was it Texaco Theater or GE Theater? It's a little, that was a little before my time, but um, it was a live play on television. And uh, Keenan Wynn, who's another one of sort of my mentors growing up, lived like a door down from where I was, and Keenan Wynn had been in tons of movies and, and Twilight Zones. And they decided, well, let's have Ed Wynn in it, to, to play with, with Keenan. And, uh, I don't remember if you remember Ed Wynn. This is a 
character going way back. It's after Charlie Chaplin, but it's uh, oh. he was like uh, one of those great comedic characters. And they did did it live on uh, TV, and, and they had a huge fight, the two of them, uh, father and son, Keenan and uh, Ed Wynn, on that hmm. show. It didn't go as, as it was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Hey, you know what was funny about the whole thing, Zach, when you were talking about, uh, you know, being a dead ringer there? I know you've been down there several times. I've been down there. So I, I didn't even know it wasn't Rod Sterling. I had no idea. And I wouldn't know get... anyway because I'm too big of a pussy to get on that ride. <laughs> so I hear all the people screaming coming up and down. And I just came back from Disney World a few months ago and it ain't happening. I couldn't get on it. And I love the show and I really, you know, you know, but, you know, of the up and down, the up and down. No, I can't take that. I'm like I said, I it's, ter- it's terrible. Uh, matter of <laughs> fact, there was a, a site that was dedicated to the ride. It was called like the elevator or something. You know, the, the people met with me and they went, look, would you get dressed up as Rod Serling? We're going to take you to Disneyland and we're going to do a whole thing and we're going to take pictures and go on the ride and videotape it and the whole thing. I'm like, <laughs> great, let's do it. So I get dressed up as Rod. We go down to Disneyland and I got into Club three, uh, 33. I don't know if you know about this, but there's this club for the elite at Disneyland and it's, it's, it's hidden kind of behind Pirates of the Caribbean. You go upstairs okay. and there's this gourmet, amazing restaurant for rich people, right? And, uh, uh, you know, you have to be a member. I think it's like $25,000 a year or something crazy Ooh, and, you know, shit. that whole thing. So I went up in there and had lunch and everything and they went, well, let's now go on the ride. Now I had, I knew what the ride was. Matter of fact, I wish I still kept the script, but I had the original script when they sent me when I was going to be on the ride and I'm reading about all this. So I know what it was and we're laughing and we go to Disneyland and everyone's like, you know, amazed because I'm Rod Serling and now Rod, Rod Serling going to go on this ride. So I get on the ride and the thing starts and I'm laughing and all of a sudden that fucking thing drops. <laughs> And I'm screaming like a girl, and I'm grabbing, there's a cameraman with me. I almost ripped off his shoulder. We get off, and the guy has, like, marks. I'm, I became, like, the biggest wimp. That thing scared the bejesus out of me. So nobody else thought you were Rod Serling at that point. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you're when you're sitting there at the beginning, you know, like with other people, do you ever just, like, tap people on the shoulder and go, you know, that's me. You know, that, that that's me. Do you just get, like, his big fucking head? Because I would. Well, people I don't know were you flipping know when I was people were flipping when I was walking around. Um, I should send you. I'll send you guys some some photos that you can okay. see when I. Uh, but I was not right for a couple of days after that ride, and I jumped out of. <laughs> I done a free fall at you know uh, twelve thousand feet, so that didn't scare me as much as the twilight. If people are listening, they haven't gone out that ride. It is really terrifying. <laughs> now some people love that. I don't know what. Maybe because I. Do love I it was so laid back about it thinking it was going to be no big deal. I hear it's not the same every time either. The computer yeah, mixes yeah, that's it up. The word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's different it, versions of it. Uh, they have yeah. different tubes that the thing goes down. Um, so, you know, now, and I've since been replaced, I guess, with something else that they put in the spot. Cause I was a on the Disney Orlando, Florida ride. Uh-huh. Um, when I was out here, they'd already, uh, removed me. Maybe they didn't want to pay me anymore or something. I don't know. But, oh, wow. Uh, but it was, uh, it was it was a fun uh, uh, fun experience. Uh, the guy that did my makeup uh, was the guy that won an Academy Award for The Fly, hmm. so he made me look even more like Rod. Because Rod Serling, you know, he, his ears went out a little bit. And the trick to playing Rod Serling is he didn't like his teeth because they were brown from smoking. Oh. So when he does that thing with his lower lip, and you see his box, he's covering up his teeth. 
So that's how he got that look. Same with Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart was a lot of how he sounded in his mouth was because he had bad teeth. Did, so you remember that from when you were little, when you met him, or was that just something no, you uh, honestly? Um, I found out through uh, Carol. You know, I asked him why he, you know, different things about it, and you know, sometimes it's just a little thing that can capture someone. Um, but it was that that, that lower, is... yeah, the lower, the lower uh, teeth thing that he would do. But uh, yeah, so it's just uh, it's just fun, and you know, the magazine has given me so much opportunity to meet and interview great fantastic people that I've always wanted to meet and also now to work on films and do this. So, uh, and producing films as well. So it's all coming full circle. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, how can we get a hold of the magazine? Let's, uh, go ahead. Um, well, girlsandcorpses.com is the website where you can go and preview the current issue. Mm-hmm. And you can just look at what, what it is going to be, uh, what that issue is. And the current one is our pandemic issue. We have a whole theme uh, you remember Iwo Jima, where they're planting the flag? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, and, uh, we did it with a, a mound of, a whole giant mound, cause I have a storage facility of corpses. Uh, it's unbelievable. So I made a mound of about like 40 corpses, and I had girls in yellow bikinis representing the hazmat, uh, climbing up there, and they've got a hazmat, uh, flag that they're putting on top of the, uh, mountain. So if you go to girlsandcorpses.com, you can preview that. And then you can either click off of that site or go directly to girlsandcorpsesstore.com. Mm-hmm. And A-N-D is spelled out. It's not the ampersand. It's, you know, G-I-R-L-S-A-N-D-C-O-R-P-S-E-S-S-T-O-R-E.com. And that's where you can buy everything from issues of the magazine, signed issues of the magazine. We have deals where you can get a bunch of them for a better price. And then I sell fun things like pussy magnets. <laughs> pussy have magnets. You seen have you seen the pussy magnets? No, but I'd like to have one. No, it's not yeah. very. Well, I'll get your address and I'll send it for you for your, your studio there. But it's, <laughs> it, we deliver on the promise. It is a uh, pussy magnet. It goes on your refrigerator. <laughs> and it was molded from Charlotte Stokely, who's a porn star. Okay. And I was there. I actually have pictures of her being molded. Because, you know, I have to be there to cover to make sure things are done right. Absolutely. Oh, naturally. Of course. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Imagine this guy's job. There's a guy... His name was James Spinner, and he had a company where he was molding porn star vaginas mm. and making soap out of them. I am in the wrong fucking business. Oh my I God. really am. I don't know what I'm doing. Making soap. You have no. My world oh my is God. beyond crazy. And now it's even crazier because once Girls and Corpses got going, there's something to the female uh, psyche that if another girl is on a cover they they're not like ooh, girls and corpses they're like why the fuck is she on the cover i'm prettier than she is <laughs> right so i get pictures from all over the world and we don't have any nudity in the magazine but we get naked pictures all the time and i always write them back and i say uh nudity is not required but it is appreciated <laughs> so if you want to send me pictures i'm more than willing and I, you know i just didn't grow up in a generation where girls in the mirror and they put one leg up on the counter and take a shot up their ass i mean <laughs> when did that all start i mean like how am i gonna i'm like half the time i'm not kidding half the time i'm like can you just send me a headshot i just want to look at your. i i'm sure you have a lovely asshole it's not something that you know we need for the magazine but your own private um, enjoyment, no problem. <laughs> yeah, which brings me to one more thing, because you know I can go on. I won't shut up unless you click me off. But, uh, I was at, We were covering uh, this movie, um, The Wizard of Oz. They were doing Wizard of Oz Triple X, 
So I went to the auditions for it because I know uh, Jeff Mullen, who's uh, the director of these parody movies. Mm-hmm. And I've been to a lot of them, and we cover them and all this kind of stuff. But what I found fascinating was the girls auditioning would go in, and, you know, they had to sing. So, of course, they'd sing. And then they had to bend over, spread their cheeks, and <laughs> show their asshole. And I'm, like, thinking, this is, you know... I'm just wondering, back in the day, were this, you know, was this what they were doing with Shirley MacLaine when she was doing Sweet Charity? You know, are, are these, do you, I mean, I understand the, the metaphor, you know, of being fucked in the ass by Hollywood, but they would film these girls spreading their, and I mean, I, I don't understand, it's just a weird world, but I find it, I find it fascinating. One that and you've even been more in for entertaining, a while. Yeah. they shot The Wizard of Oz, I don't care that it was a porn, they do parodies and everything, they shot the entire Wizard of Oz in one day. Only in a porn movie could you shoot, you know, the Yellow Brick Road and all the munchkins. One of the munchkins, by the way, is a girl and she's doing, having sex acts in it and everything. Oh, of course. But, uh, yeah, it's just weird, you know? It's a weird world. So, but I, you know, I think people will love, uh, Girls and Corpses magazine. I, mm-hmm. It's very high quality, 80 pages. We have thicker paper than any of the horror magazines. It's a beautiful magazine. I know that sounds nuts, but you will put it on your coffee table and it will, it changes people. Once they see that, they can't talk about anything. I guarantee if you bring them in the office or you, where you guys work, I'm sure you're working in a beautiful suite, uh, up <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, right. Where, where, where are you guys located? We're in the DC area. Yeah. Yeah. DC area. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're, you know, DC, you're White House adjacent. Yeah. We're close. <laughs> Very close. <laughs> in the Southeast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know See, if I think we need to get girls and corpses in the White House. That's mm. really what I'd like. Mm. Oh wow! But, well, there's plenty of corpses in DC. Yeah, <laughs> they're running the White House. <laughs> By the way, in, in lieu of nothing, you, you know our most recent TMZ story, right? About Kim Fowley. Did you know about this? No, What's no, it? do tell. All right. Well, Kim Fowley. Uh, they made a movie called The Runaways, and if anyone saw that movie. You know, it's Joan Jett, you know, how they started the Runaways. Well, it was a record, a music producer named Kim Fowley. And he's this record impressionaro, crazy character of the rock era. And we became very good friends in L.A. And he was at many of our events. And he loved Girls and Corpses magazine, so much so that his dream when he died was to be on the cover of the magazine. And I always had this in the back of my mind thinking, you know, how am I going to do this? And it wasn't just that he wanted his to be on the back of the, on the magazine. He wanted to be with fetish models. And he also wanted to be flown to New Orleans with a bunch of girls that would rip out his guts and then light him on a funeral pyre. Wow. I'm not making this shut up. If you go online and you put in Kim Fowley corpse, you'll see this on everything from the Huffington Post and TMZ, every news thing, rock and roll magazines. He wanted his body to be on the cover of Girls and Corpses. And who are we to deny someone their last wish? Exactly. So if you look at our current issue on the back cover, because we wouldn't be able to have distribution with a corpse. Necrophilia is tough enough as it is, <sighs> but when you're next to Barbie magazine on the newsstand, it's it's a problem. So uh, we did it. And he's on the back cover with a fetish model, dead. Uh, and it's really Kim Fowley. And... A lot of people flipped out by this, but it's been run everywhere. And when you, when you guys Google this after we get off, say Kim Fowley corpse, oh, and you'll see Kim all Fowley. the news I'm, stories. I'm actually looking at it right now as you speak. Yeah, <laughs> it's disturbing. That yeah. is something else. 
But yeah. that's kind of cool that TMZ, that had to be huge, huge press for you, though, right there. When TMZ puts the Farrah Abraham and Courtney Stott, that is, that's something else, man. They that's... love our shit, man. But we've had, you know, we've had a couple crazy brushes with publicity. Mm-hmm. Another one that was weird, we did a photo shoot. Uh, we were doing a photo shoot for Piranha 3D. And my idea was I wanted to get the director and a bunch of girls into a swimming pool and having them being eaten by piranhas. And when I say eaten by piranhas, picture them with their legs spread and the piranha between it, and you get Beautiful. the idea. Uh-huh. That's the concept, okay? <laughs> well, it just turned out that we wound up shooting at, uh, someone referred us to Sage Stallone, who was Sylvester Stallone's son. Mm-hmm. And we shot up at his house. And it turned out that we were the last people to see him alive because he wound up yeah. dying. Now, we'll, we'll say that it's from yada this and yada that. I don't want to even get into the story, but mm-hmm. it was a very interesting day, let's say, up there. Sure. So uh, that was a weird one. And that got a lot of press because our photographer, we didn't take photos of him for a variety of reasons at the house. He was really looked to us to be kind of burnt out of his mind. But um, what happened is, is that our photographer was adjusting a camera over and got the picture of him, which turned out to be the last picture of him alive. Oh, wow. Hmm. So that was one crazy story. The other story is that when I started the magazine in print, a guy who'd been a fan of it when it was online, his name was Stephen Miller, and he had a background in publishing, and he really, really wanted to see Girls and Corpses in print. And I denied him for a couple of years, and finally he said, okay. So he put some money into the magazine. I put in the other half, and we went to print. After two issues... He got killed by a grizzly bear. That's in real life happened. And it was on a show called Grizzly Face to Face. They did a whole show about it on National Geographic. Mm-hmm. They actually have the footage of him being killed. Oh, my Lord. Which I couldn't even believe that they did. And there's a whole other story about what happened and what really happened and what National Lampoon, and excuse me, oh, maybe it is National Lampoon, National Geographic. <laughs> it's almost like National Lampoon, what they said, because there were a lot of things they left out, such as, Maybe two months before he was killed by that bear, he had done a shoot for the magazine with that bear um, oh. that he wanted to do of the bear killing him. You would oh, think that wow. National Geographic might like to have the truth of their story and not leave out a fact like that. I that amongst wish. other things. But And those pictures were in the magazine because it ran. It was in the magazine when he was killed by that bear. Uh, which wasn't for the magazine when he got killed, by the way. His uh, brother, who was they were, Stephen had been adopted. It was like his cousin. I'm not sure the whole thing was crazy, but uh, it was this bear called Rocky that was in the movie Semi Pro with Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. and the bear Rocky was the one that killed Stephen oh, during wow. a commercial they were shooting at Randy Miller's um, facility up in uh, uh, up in the, the Tahoe area. Big a uh, big bear up in Big Bear. Okay. So wow, as I said, just... we have crazy stories. We've done some of the last interviews of people in their life. Foy Ackerman. Uh, who, you know, did uh, Famous Monsters magazine. We did his last interview published. Uh, Marilyn Chambers, we did her last interview published. I'm not, I'm not really – see, I see the I see the link here, but I'm thinking if I'm a famous celebrity, you're the last person I want to interview with. I'm going to be dead the following day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're knocking people off left and right. But I, I think what this... it really is, though, is that a lot of these people get forgotten. Uh-huh. And I look at these icons and I'm like, my God, they're, you know, Marilyn Chambers. 
you know, was amazing. And she came to one of our events. It was the last event she went to. But, you know, she's already pretty up there when we, you know, well, actually, not Marilyn Chambers. She wasn't that old. Uh, maybe we did kill her. I don't know. But <laughs> she was lovely. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had it happen uh, a few times. It's, it's crazy. But I think, I think we're doing something that no one else has ever tried. There's never been a magazine about death. There'll probably never be a comedy magazine about death. Um, and, um, we have beautiful women in it, great yes. articles, fantastic artwork. Uh, so we're, uh, doing God's work here. And you know what? Speaking of the beautiful women that you've had in it, we actually, I, I saw that you had Bonnie Rotten. I think was she won, what was it? The Miss Dead? Was that what it was? Well, I'll and tell you. We had Bonnie her on. The, oh, she's amazing. I love that woman. Bonnie won't admit this, but she wouldn't be in the business if it wasn't for me. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Completely. I'll tell you what happened because it's a crazy story too. This could be I did the Miss I did the Miss Dead bikini pageant in Indiana. Bonnie came in. She was a stripper in Ohio, and she showed up for the show. We kind of became friends, and then she won my pageant. Matter of fact, Billy Mosley from The Devil's Rejects is on stage mm-hmm. with me. There's some pictures of that. Yeah. yeah I'm so she at said that. when we were at that show, "Oh my God, you know, I want to be in porn." I went, "No, you don't. Don't do it. Don't be in porn. Bad idea." Mm-hmm. So she was like, eh, "I do." I went, "Well, look." I'll, I'll at least introduce you to people. So I brought her to LA and then introduced her to the key players like, uh, Ken Marcus, who's one of the top fetish people. I, you know, I brought her to the parties with the top people in the business. Also took her to Vegas, got her all hooked up with people there. That's really where her career happened. And then I brought her onto the Susan Block show with me. She went back to the Susan Block show separately. And I actually was sick at that time or I would have gone with her, but I was, I was ill. So she went on the show and Max Hardcore was on the show, wound up banging her on the show. And I think Bonnie fist fucked Layla Rivera, I believe, who was Max Hardcore's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Then Max took her home. I think it was that night. And there's a huge lawsuit between, uh, uh, Bonnie tried to sue Max because he made a movie with her where she's, I mean, Bonnie kind of was always sloshing drunk when I saw her. She was a, uh, she kind of liked her, liked to drink. And that, mm-hmm. and you can see it, you know, and I guess the question is, you know, Max Hard, you know who Max Hardcore is? No. Max Hardcore is one of the, you know, it's hard to be infamous in porn. <laughs> Even for porn, he's infamous. He wound up being in prison, oh, uh, God. for pornography. He did a lot of things that were illegal before anyone else did, you know, a lot of, I don't know how much I can say on your show, but a lot of extreme stuff, very extreme no. stuff. Right, right. And uh, when they say, I don't know if you the expression, when a, a, a porn star, you know, when a guy destroys a girl, you know, mm-hmm. he really puts her through a real throttling that, you know, they'll never forget. <laughs> Max is like that. The oh, kind God. of thing where the girl goes in the shower and she cries and then she goes home <laughs> and she never does another movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, right, um, right, yeah. You know, what happened was we, I brought her to do a show in Vegas with me, which was, uh, I think it was called a fetish and fantasy ball. And she was supposed to hang out with me because I paid for her to go and she was going to be at our booth. And she said, I want to walk around. I'll be right back. So she went and, and never came back. She met some dude. I don't know what the hell happened, but she kind of ditched us at the event. So I wasn't too thrilled about it. But that's Bonnie. That's the Bonnie Rotten story. Well, she's sporting the, uh, we the webs. The, we shot her for the. We did her first photo shoot, which was in Girls and Corpses magazine, mm-hmm. which we, we taped. It was a non-nude, non-porn shoot. Right. Actually, she is a uh, Girl Scout, 
and she's in the Girl Scout outfit, and she's got two little devil things we created. They're like flying evil things, but one's kind of on the lighter color and one's on the darker, and she's trying to decide which way to go. And, of course, she goes the darker way and winds up, you know, being Bonnie Rotten. Did well, she have the spider webs back then? You know, yeah, she had them. She mm. had them way oh, back. No, no, when. that was part of that was part of what I thought was amazing. Uh, and I have pictures. You know, she had spider webs on on both breasts, mm-hmm. which was amazing. But also across her stomach, it said "Dead girls don't cry." Right. I, I had a lover for that. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's such a big cat. You know, I mean, she she went for it. I don't really have anything bad to say. I met Bonnie. She was eighteen. She's just a girl that's crazy and wanting to live this crazy life and. She's hardcore, you know. I introduced her also to Belladonna. I've got a picture of her when when I took her to, you know, several of the parties that people were at. But Bella, I, I got a nice shot of her and Belladonna together when they just met. And Bonnie always used to say to me, "I'm going to be filthier than Belladonna." And I mm-hmm. and I knew Belladonna because Belladonna had also been in the magazine. I said, "You'll never top that." She's got ten years of putting baseball bats up her ass. <laughs> You're going to have a long way to go yeah, right. to Good beat luck. that box score, you know. <laughs> And yet she's, you know, she's trying to, trying to do it. Although I can't tell, she got, oh, she also went back to Vegas to AVN and she met a guy who's a porn producer and she knew him for like two days and married him. Wow. Well, they're already broken up, which is a shocker. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but deep down, I will say that there's a sweet girl in there. Actually, You, you know. Uh, you know what? And all this is this is all honesty. I'm not just saying this because she was on the show, but I'm being I'm being completely serious here. From the pictures that I've seen where she won your Miss Dead back in 2011 into where she is now, most girls in porn seem to kind of have that you know that quick free fall into just oh. But I think her she's she's gotten so much prettier. I think she looks so much better these days than what she ever did back when she was 18. Yeah, you know, I mean I I I think she's a lot prettier now. I I really do. I mean, yeah. and she she was a great guest. You know, I don't know her. She's funny. I mean, yeah. I, look, she was I really liked her. I just mm-hmm. think that when you're in Hollywood, and, and, you know, and you have contacts and you can help people, you have the feeling yeah. of being used because, you know, you, you can help people out. But as I said, she's very funny. She's, mm-hmm. you know, I think people are shocked when they learn a lot of these girls that are in porn, what I find interesting, are the ones that are very normal. You know, they lead normal right. You know, another story, one of my very good friends, Holly Stevens, mm-hmm. was one of the first porn people I really got to know really well, and I adored her. She did clown porn, and I covered her in the magazine <laughs> uh, we'd met, and I just, from the moment I met her, I said, this girl's something special, you know? And she was hardcore fetish, Holly Stevens, H-O-L-L-I-E Stevens. So, but she, uh, about two and a half, maybe three years ago, she she developed cancer and uh, she had a baseball sized lump in her breast and oh, uh, she she died at uh, 29. She didn't even make her 30th oh. birthday. Oh, wow. um, and uh, I wrote a lot about it. I, I adored her. She did like 70 events with us because I always have girls that come to the events, you know, and hang out and have fun. So, but you know, she was a complete dichotomy. She was a goofy, funny, bright, mm-hmm. totally cool person. And then you turn the camera on and she's about the raunchiest, craziest. Mm-hmm. exhibitionist um they're almost like they are like circus performers you know they right. yeah you know that's what she did you know so uh i have a lot of friends that that are in the industry that uh 
we we sh- we do shoot. Uh, uh, we're probably the only magazine in history that has both mainstream and adult stars. Sure. But on the cover, but we don't promote them as adult stars. We promote them as just models. Right. Right. Now, have you ever met Jenna Jameson? Um, I've seen her in an event. Uh, I was doing an event with Tara, and Tara's very close to me, and there had been some sort of something that went down between them, and uh, they're not best friends, you know. Right. That's that's, that's the reason I was asking, because it seems like, you know, she had such that fantastic career, and now I don't know what's what's really going on now, you know. It just, well, it's, I don't think it's, it's a secret. Jenna's had uh, some yeah, uh, uh, problems sad. with uh, uh, abusing yeah. certain things, yeah. mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think it's very, very difficult as you get older. I think it's, you know, girls, that their whole thing is their look and their body mm-hmm. and everything they got. And when that turns the corner, it's devastating, just devastating for, for girls. Mm-hmm. You know, you can imagine now, I see girls that are 18, they're perfect, and they look at pictures and they hate themselves in it. Or they, when they see the pictures, they're like, I can, oh, I hate that. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're perfect. My exactly. nostril, that one nostril, I don't like my nostril. I'm like, you're out of your, you, so you can imagine when they get older and there's a wrinkle and then two and some sagging and this and that, it's devastating. Sure, they they sure. never, their whole life was around that, that moment in time. Now Tara's interesting because she's a, a businesswoman. She hasn't done plastic surgery, although, you know, I, I believe she's had some boob work, but she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's absolutely gorgeous and she's really funny and bright and, um, you know, I, I think she should be doing more films. I think she's a mainstream actress, but you know, everybody has a different career path. So I met Jenna because I was in a room at one of these Hollywood signing crazy. I was with Tara and for some stupid reason, they put Jenna like facing us, you know? Oh. So <laughs> it was like they each walked in and then they both walked out. Very short thing. Okay. So that didn't go, go well. Right. But, right. Um, I think when you're at that time, the two big names, uh, they're, they're competitors, and that's probably what happened. You know. Well, Robert, we really appreciate you coming on the show. You had a lot, a lot of stories. I'm sure we could have just, we could just I keep feel going. Like, yeah, I feel like I could do part two with you. Oh, sure. I'll do part two anytime, man. I mean, because uh, the magazine keeps going. We have yeah. crazy stuff. I just did a fetish event night before last that was wild. I do a lot of crossover fetish stuff. But yeah, I got stories, man. I got lots of them. I love them. But, um, and my pussy magnet. Some... Don't forget my pussy magnet. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to email you. Send me your ad. Have I sent you copies of the magazine yet? You have not. Oh. No. Right, we're going to put a link. We'll put a link to your magazine on our website. Yeah, um, please. I, and I, yeah. Autograph copy now. Yeah. Autograph copy. <laughs> okay. Who Rock. gets it? Oh. Both of uh, you? Yeah, don't sure. Worry about, don't worry about Zach. I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, right, all right. I'll, uh, I'll send. I'll send it to you guys. Um, great talking to you, um, and very good questions. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and yeah, anytime amazing. you want to have on a crazy guest again, let me know. We'll uh, we'll do it. And, and and when you're doing a scene with a porn star, okay, and you ever need an ass double, I'm your man. Okay, sure. Just scream all out right. Terry's name. I It'll am be good. the man. Yeah. If you ever all need right, an you extra, better send, better send a picture so I know what we're talking about. <laughs> Not because I want to see it. I just want to know what my ass is going to look like. <laughs> all right. All right. Guys. Be good. You might want to keep your own. I can promise you that. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, uh, Robert, yeah, I'm going to send you some pictures that you can put on your site of what we've been talking about. That Excellent. works. Right. I greatly appreciate it. You have been so fantastic. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us today. It was fun, man. Real All pleasure. Right. Thank you. Bye. You too.
I'm going to okay. tell you what. Oh, man. Okay, Zach. I'm just going to say this. This guy was literally one of my favorite guests ever. Oh, my God. Everybody we he? interviewed, he seemed to know. I was <laughs> getting ready to throw down. I mean, his, <laughs> his, his website is robertryan.com. Okay. So you can see everything he does there. It's, he's got everything on there. Uh, if you go to, uh, www.girlsandcorpses.com, uh, go ahead and take a look at the magazine. Um, I'm seriously thinking about ordering this myself. This is, looks oh fantastic. God, I literally cannot wait for A, the copy that he's going to send us and B, my pussy magnet. Oh my God. This is, this, a pussy magnet. Of course, no, no, I'm no. sure my wife will kill me if she sees no. that on the fridge. So no, I'm no, no, hide no. that. But, uh, nah. <laughs> we'll keep it, we'll just keep it at the studio. Don't sweat it. So again, <laughs> girlsandcorpses.com. We're going to put a link to his magazine and his website on our website at thestatementshow.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at statement show itunes the statement and you can go ahead and see us on the youtube for uh, the statement show whenever whenever you know james gets around to putting us up on there come on (laughs) robert ryan aka i'm taking my time yeah i'm taking your time all right robert robert ryan aka corpsey so i never did get around to ask him what that was where that came from but i'm sure look forward to part two yeah part part two two. we've got to have this this guy is amazing i i i would just keep talking to him Oh Let's call God. him back. Let's just call him back and talk. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Right. So if you want to help us support the show and keep us going, more guests are coming. Mm. We got Karma, Karma coming on. Yeah. Um, you can get a, you, you can Avana go to, Cadaver. Yeah. You go to our website at thestatementshow.com. Uh, please leave a review on iTunes. Look us up the statement. Follow us on Twitter at statement show. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash the statement. Go ahead and pick from 180,000 audiobooks and get a free audiobook. Cancel membership. Keep it. Do whatever you want. There is 180,000 to pick from. Remember, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the statement. Also, go ahead and hit up our uh, our link for DraftKings. Uh, they have free entry to fantasy contests, weekly, sh- weekly games. Um, plus, you can deposit and they'll double your money. So that's real cash. And you can use our promo code Zach Z A K promo code Zach. That's again Z A K, not Terry. We're going with the best one, Zach Z A K. Yeah. So, but obviously, yeah, obviously DraftKings does not love me. No, no, not so much. But what are you going to do? You can't all have yeah. me. I don't care. I have a pussy magnet coming. Oh yeah. Well, I'll get a chance to see that and our autographed <laughs> copies of Girls and Corpses. Yeah. Can. I tell you I'm what. I can't thank you enough, Mr. Robert Ryan. Again, go to his website, robertryan.com and girlsandcorpses.com. Look up his magazine and uh, go ahead and order and check out all the great interviews he's had. You can find him on YouTube, too. I'm going to tell you what, he's done a lot, a lot of interviews. Again, Mr. Robert Ryan, we thank you. And that ends another ep- another state- <laughs> another edition of The Statement Show. I'm Zach Chahey. And I'm Terry James. And the lights are out. See ya. I didn't see. There was a Costco over there. That's all I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I like to say fucking on the radio. Okay. Hey, not a problem. Pussy magnet. Have you seen the pussy magnet? 
know, but I'd like to have one. For five seconds, allow me to kiss your ass here for just, just five seconds. Please, let me, let me get in the right position. <laughs> oh, wow. But, well, there's plenty of corpses in D.C. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> running the White House. They're looking in the mirror, and they put one leg up on the counter and take a shot up their ass. I mean, <laughs> when did that all start? I mean, like, how am I going to... I'm thinking if I'm a famous celebrity, you're the last person I want to interview with. I'm going to be dead the following day. <laughs> yeah, we're knocking people off left and right. <laughs>